Alpaca is a developer for startup focused on building open APIs for stock and crypto trading, investing, and embedding. You can learn more by visiting our website at alpaca.markets. You can also find us on Twitter at alpacaweb3 or join our Discord community also with the invite link at alpacaweb3. Hello, I'm Mariangela Martinez, Content Marketing Specialist at Alpaca, and this is Jason Shu, Crypto Growth Manager at Alpaca. Hello, everyone. We will be hosting today's podcast on how to choose the correct point and avoid scams. Our guest today is Tyler Cook, joining us from Amun. Amun DeFi is a suite of tools for passive crypto holders and portfolio management across DeFi platforms. Amun provides index products that enable investors broad exposure to particular blockchain ecosystems and DeFi sectors. Tyler is the business development and marketing manager from Amun. So Tyler and Jason, how did you guys meet? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was working at a crypto exchange called BitMart and we were listing their uh, index tokens that they were working on. Um, yeah, we can talk about those a little later. Um, but yeah, we, we did a, an AMA session together. Um, Tyler was on it and their media personality, James Wang, was also on it. So there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just like we really clicked. So we figured, you know, we could do another one. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tyler, for, for uh, agreeing to do this again. Uh, we actually just missed each other at Bitcoin Miami, but uh, you can find Tyler at Permissionless next month, and you can find the both of us at Consensus in June. And then also I'll be at NFT NYC. That's one I'm super excited about. Oh, okay. Wait, did you go to the one last year? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll be here. It's a it's a different crowd, um, but but it's 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 interesting to attend. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, guys. So before we go into our questions, I want to say that any topic talked talked about in this podcast is not financial investment and or tax advice. We encourage our listeners to seek individual advice should they deem it necessary. Okay. So Tyler, what is your story with crypto? Graduating from mechanical engineering, how did you jump to crypto and what was that change like? For sure, good question. So uh, growing up, I was always interested in how things worked and money. So I figured engineering is the best way because the you know starting salaries are high and it's seeing how things work. And then um, I was doing an internship at a chemical company uh, in, in January 2017. And I learned about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Ethereum was like $15. Bitcoin was, it was under a thousand, maybe like 600. And, um, they just seemed super interesting to me. It's, I was always, I always liked the stock market and I was like, you know, this is kind of similar to the stock market, but it's like these assets that, I mean, are also kind of like gold or like oil with Ethereum and being used as gas. Um, so I, you know, started doing some stuff with crypto, just like mainly buying and just researching and then um i think the later that year that's when like crypto kitties and a game called zero x universe came out i got really involved with those at the time it was awesome because gas ethereum gas fees were always one guay and um what what we did was like if you wanted your transaction to go through you just do 1.01 guay and then you know people were like oh i'll do 1.0001 i'll try to squeeze every penny out um, and then the crypto kitties boom happened and gas went crazy. But, uh, you know, then I had a 
went to school after that for a couple more years, so I didn't get really involved. You know, graduated, started just working as a engineer at the same chemical company. And um, that's when kind of Binance Smart Chain came out and Pancake Swap. I was in Pancake Swap before they even launched in their, you know, Telegram and Discord learning about it. You know, it's crazy. You could have Ethereum experience, but way less fees and faster. So got really involved with that. And then, uh, of course, it got pretty scammy. Um, and then I learned about Polygon, um, you know, looked at the large things in Polygon at the time was QuickSwap, which was a Uniswap fork. Um, and, and Polygon was even faster and cheaper than Binance Smart Chain. And I ended up talking to the founder of QuickSwap and a couple of the people there and ended up working there. And then just, you know, but that's kind of where it started. I started moving up and then uh, about November... Uh, a moon reached out to me and they were like, Hey, we're building these kind of index tokens. Um, and I thought it was super interesting because back in the eighties, it was just people traded stocks. There wasn't really ETFs, you know, it was just like stocks back and forth. Um, and then in the nineties, these ETFs came out and these retirement funds and they like grew like crazy in popularity. And I think that crypto is going to also have this because looking around now, just talking to people, you know, they're like, what coin should I buy? You know, people can say any random coin, Dogecoin, people are like, oh, sell Dogecoin now. And it goes crazy. But imagine if there was something you could um, put money into and it would just passively rebalance based on criteria, very similar to ETFs. So um, I think that's something that's going to be very large in the future. So I'm, Better moon now. Cool. Um, so going back to like your college days, where, did you like keep track of of crypto or took any financial classes or anything like that? I, I I definitely kept track of it, but I mean, going to school, I didn't have any money. I also like didn't have a job, so <laughs> it was mainly just I used all my money to, for school. Uh, of course, I would look at news. Um, but that was really the extent of it. Uh, at one time, uh, my friends and I actually built a, a Ethereum miner. We bought some 1080 Ti's, which is a graphics card that NVIDIA made. Um, and we like tied them with zip ties on a shoe rack and put it in my friend's basement in the winter. And it like basically heated their whole house. Yeah. Uh, and I think we ended up making like a Bitcoin, but you know, I sold that for school. Bitcoin is like, $3,000 or something. So kind of unfortunate, but yeah, I, I've always been um, very interested in it. Don't worry. I got out at a, at an even worse point. Um, yeah. I a little bit in college in 2014 and I got out in like 2016. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's um, good. Yeah. But yeah, our goal uh, uh, for this podcast is also kind of educating our, our TradFi folks on uh, what blockchain is and why they should kind of get into it. Um, so you mentioned Gwei, that's uh, uh, I mean, a, a denominator of Ethereum. I believe it's like one ETH is like one billion. And so when Tyler said it was just one Gwei back then, that was incredibly cheap uh, on gas. And gas, that's uh, you can think of it as transaction fees. Um, and that's not the case anymore, um, at least for Ethereum. Um, so that's why you see there's like a bunch of... Um, different blockchains being developed. 
um, and to speak to Tyler's credibility, um, Amun has an amazing team behind it. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you can talk about it later. Um, but, but I went to their office and, and they're like guys from ARK Invest. Um, so they came from TradFi and, and, um, they really know what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, a little bit background of kind of how a moon was created. I, I think this is around uh, 2018. Uh, our founders, Hany and Ophelia, created a, this company, a moon, and it actually wasn't DeFi at all. It was crypto ETPs, which are exchange traded products. And those are traded on a couple European exchanges. Uh, essentially, what it allowed uh, investors to do is these uh, institutions or family offices or whoever could buy Bitcoin or Ethereum on the stock market, these European stock markets. I'm not sure which ones. Um, and the fee structure works the same as, uh, you know, ETFs where that's, you know, you pay like 1% per year in fee. Um, and it, it, I mean, the reason why it, it grew so much, it's actually, I think at 2.3 billion assets under management right now. Uh, because it, it allowed these these companies to like put money in crypto in a very tax friendly way. You know, these companies can't really go on Uniswap or Binance and you know buy a bunch of crypto and hold it there. So um, Moon had all the regulations to to do that. And then uh, about last year, they thought, uh, you know, what what if we made these basket tokens or index tokens? Um, so they ended up creating a, a sister company called 21 shares. And that's where the regulated ETP side sits today. And then a moon was rebranded to this, this DeFi. So, so now we have uh, these DeFi tokens. We have three um, ecosystem tokens right now. Ethereum, which is DFI. It tracks the eight largest uh, Ethereum projects. And then we have Pico which is the Polygon ecosystem, and then Soli, which is Solana ecosystem. So those rebalance every month, and um, the weights change, and the tokens change based on our methodology. Um, there's a lot to read into. Website's moon.com if, if you're interested in reading more. Yeah, join their uh, Telegram community too. Do you, guys have a, do you guys have Discord, by the way? Yeah, we got Discord. It's just discord.gg uh, slash moon. You got one of the fancy links. Nice, nice. We actually hired an analyst that puts out uh, um, like daily reports of just like market trend news. If you guys want to hook it up <laughs> to, oh, your, cool. to, your, to your server, um, it's like underutilized right now. Um, nice. For our viewers, if you want to do that, also reach out to us. <laughs> um, Are those yeah, posted at, on, on your Discord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, it, it's in one of those like, announcement type channels so you can um you don't need to like pull all your members to our server you can just kind of subscribe to the content of that channel in your server so it's cross server and then you, you just kind of get our daily reports that way yeah so instead of like subscribing to coin telegraph coin desk all, all of those we have a guy that cleans all that for you and then you just plug it into your server nice yeah. i'm definitely gonna look into that yeah yeah um, you also talked about, uh, uh, these rebalancing apps, uh, well, not apps, but just like the, the this act of, um, 
uh, hold certain asset and then just have it auto rebalance. Um, how, how does like Amun compare? Um, like you got these index tokens versus um, these wallet rebalancing apps. Oh, like the uh, like the KuCoin, how they have their um, own. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the ones I'm kind of uh, following, like Snowball, um, uh, Linen. I don't know if you heard of them. Um, I, I used to like be, be pitching around these guys. Like these guys won pitch day at like San Francisco Blockchain Week or something, and and they brought a lot of um, uh, a good amount of fundraising from um, like Product Hunt things like that, and and um, I think they're in their beta phase. Um, yeah, just if you could highlight um, why one would kind of go for you guys instead, or like what what's the scenario? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I don't know too much about those, but there are of course um, a few different projects trying to do the same thing. I think one benefit um, that we have is there's actually no fees until twenty twenty three. Um, I think I think DPI has a. 1.95 percent fee um we, we waived it until 2023 and also uh, i think we were the first index token to launch on a launch pad so something we did with our solana token solely it launched in february we we used a launch pad to, to actually launch it and it's kind of confusing at first because usually um you know launch pads you you set a price um and then it sells out and then the price does whatever whatever after that but our tokens have underlying value like you can i mean mean, it's like an etf it's all the stocks based on different weights multiply it together like that's kind of where the price is um so we actually gave a 10 percent discount to users that went on the pre-sale and um just vested the tokens over 180 days which I think is really interesting. So we we actually gave everyone a, a 10% discount. And I think we raised, I think it was 350,000. So um, it ended up being like 35,000 to the to the community. Um, and then also our, our methodology is, I think, more clear than others. Um, a few of these projects, it it's not a secret of like how they do the methodology, but it feels like they can just change it on a whim. Whereas ours is very standard, and if it does change at all, it requires a governance vote. Uh, and how the governance works is, you know, like let's say there's 1,000 Pico tokens out there. Um, there'd be a vote to change the methodology or, you know, include a token, something like that. And you could vote with your Pico tokens, like yes or no. Um, and then read respects, well, the, the protocol would respect the outcome of the vote instead of just like one guy or a couple people deciding the outcome. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. That's, that's good to know. Is there like anywhere that we can read it in the website? Yeah. So on the moon.com at the bottom of our website, moon.com, there's a GitHub link, which explains, you know, how the whole process work, like how the smart contracts work, our methodology. So that's, um, that would explain like how tokens get included and their weight percent. So, you know, every month you can kind of look yourself and not know what's going to be included, what's not going to be included, kind of what the weights are going to be. 
because um, the math is all out there and it's all public. It's not, um, you know, I think some other projects, essentially it's like one person just kind of picks the weights based on some back testing. So you know, we, we just want to be as transparent as possible. Yeah, that that's good. And now at these times that, you know, everyone is not as transparent. So that's really good to know. So with the NFT boom, Web3 started to get all this attention and all these startups started to pop up. And I saw that Amun raised $4 million in seed money. How did you guys manage to, to stand out and, and get that money? Yeah, so that was with the, um, I guess at, at the time it was Amun, but um, that's like more of the 21 shares uh, product, our, our sister company. So I, I think um, th this was actually before my time. But I, I think it's very attractive how we are essentially a bridge between like traditional finance and crypto. It's like you can buy these crypto assets on a regulated market. And, you know, there's people that are super into like Bitcoin, Bitcoin maxis that think this like isn't a good idea. But I, I think it's a necessary step if like the world's going to move towards um like full crypto adoption. Um, so I, I think the like investors of the rounds really saw that and they saw the like fee structure and, you know, they wanted to be a part of, of crypto, you know, a crypto company instead of just holding like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Yeah. There, there were a lot of Bitcoin maxis at the Bitcoin conference. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were. I thought it would actually be worse. I'm, I'm surprised there was a, there were some DeFi booths. DeFi people, yeah, I mean, I went to the Solana satellite event nearby. Um, I wouldn't call it a satellite. I, I feel like they, it's it's a pretty big main event on the side. Uh, lasted a whole week, uh, kind of like Hacker House in, in NYC here. Um, yeah, I just want to highlight like one other major difference is like with with the um, Amun here. They ha they have a couple of tokens that they've developed. Um, but it would really just be holding one token as opposed to a bunch of different assets if you're using a rebalancing app. And um, the Pico token, that's PECO on Polygon uh, that Tyler was talking about. I'm just poking around their Discord and they have specific channels for all the different tokens that they have. Um, so if you want to read up on just like specific, like what people are discussing um, for each token, yeah, please go check out their Discord. Awesome. Okay, so Tyler, going into into the topic of how to choose the correct coin and avoid scams, there are many web page and sources containing information about investing in certain coins. How do you know which source is reliable or if it's just noise? Yeah, it's hard. I, everyone always says like do your own research, and then there's the memes, or, or um, especially in the NFT space. Uh, Sometimes you have to sign like transactions with your wallet and people always say like, oh, make sure you know what you're signing. But if you look at like the details of the signature, it's just like, you know, essentially these to, to a normal person, it's just like random letters and numbers. And, <laughs> you know, like you can't know what you're signing unless you are like super, super deep in the Ethereum ecosystem, which a very small percentage of people right. are, are these developers. So it's like, how can you do your own research when you need a, you know, PhD in computer engineering to read some of this stuff. And 
maybe not even that, but maybe it would take like hours of research to know exactly what you're, what you're doing, you know, cause you'd have to essentially audit these protocols yourself, which these, these audits sometimes take $40,000 and a team of people to do, um, to determine if it's safe or not. Uh, but you know, one thing, um, I, I've kind of been around a while and if you go on Twitter, there's usually uh, also people that have been around a while that you can maybe trust. They don't promote these scams. They, they do a lot of research themselves. Uh, you could look at audits. So that's where a, a team looks at the code. They look at the team. They do know your customer on the team. So they know who's behind it. Um, basically trying to prevent like any red flags. I mean, if you see a project that the, the team is, you know, the head guy is just like a picture of a frog. No one knows his name and they haven't built anything before and they promise 100 X. It's like, that's, that's a lot of red flags and maybe their code's not audited. They're just like, Hey, put money in us. I mean, that's, so it, it kind of is like do your own research, but, um, you know, I think that's also why we created these basket tokens is there's a lot of people that don't have time or don't know how to do the research. So we set it up in a way where, uh, like it'll automatically rebalance based on the tokens where the methodology says it's safe. So, you know, some of the requirements are like the team has to be public. The code has to be audited. The project has to be out for things either three or six months. So there's at least some time um, to, to make sure it's okay. And then um, if, if, if a project starts doing really bad or the team leaves or something, of course, that'll mean the price will usually go down. And then it'll end up not being included in our index because it won't meet the uh, requirements for total value locked or liquidity. And then on the other hand, if there's a new project that just comes out and it's this super awesome team and it's growing really fast, like then our indexes will automatically include that. And it doesn't require any research or intervention from the, from the holders of the token. And I, I think that's going to be, it's going to be very powerful as crypto grows. Yeah, on the uh, signature part, I, I completely agree. I'm going to send this podcast and feature request to I'm gonna call you out, Anthony, at MetaMask. I think you guys yeah. have something you guys can build. Um, yeah, just uh, make it more um, uh, noob-friendly. Or even I don't want to check uh, every single signature I'm signing. And um, um, I get, uh, I have like four Discord accounts just to be on all the different uh, servers um, I've got and I get hundreds of DMs a day joining join this NFT server or um, these NFT uh, uh, scams that um, basically they, they we pretend they're the owner of the server they use like the same icons uh, names and they've been like hey pre-mint has already happened uh, go to this site to, to uh, mint our NFT but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not the real site um, so you end up signing something and you could end up losing all your assets, all your NFTs in your wallet. Um, and on do your own research. Um, I used to, I was part of uh, the audit process at, at the crypto exchange um, where uh, I, I kind of get, get a say and like, Hey, we, maybe we shouldn't list this token. There's like underlying risk that they, they could rug. Um, if you want to dive a little deeper, um, do uh, like more than just reading their white paper. You could look on blockchain explorers, see hey when they made this token, how many current holders they have. Um, so 
if you're not if you don't know the team personally and you don't want to jump in um before everyone how uh, everyone else has um just kind of wait it out see that number get to a healthy stage where you're comfortable with um then then you can jump in um but it's a lot of work um um, the smart contract audits there there are certain more reputable firms like certic that you can look for um see if you know these projects have their reports published on their website um see if they're listed on reputable exchanges um um but really if you if you you don't want to do all that research just you know leave it to leave it to tyler and and their and their tokens (laughs) yeah 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 no definitely a lot of research i mean it's like you're putting in your real money and you know just to be scared to lose it i mean it's better to be safe than sorry it can be very stressful sometimes you know going back into this everyone right now is apparently knowledgeable about crypto nowadays it's like fashion influencers giving advice on nutrition you know they don't even have much professional background on it and people trust them and follow their advice so the same applies to fintech influencers, fin influencers, right? There, there's a difference between doing research and knowing about the topic and getting lucky and making money. So how do you choose which fin influencers are reliable for crypto insights and advice? And why do you follow them? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't trust any influencers. It's, it's impossible to know if they're actually like the coin, if they did the research or I would say a high majority of them, they're just trying to basically pump their own bags or the, the founders of the token like paid them to, to say it. Of course, there are some that um, are honest and legit, but it's, it's hard to tell which ones. So I, I just try not to follow it and try to um, kind of make my own conclusions based on what non-influencers are saying. It's hard too because... You know, there's all the uh, rumors, you know, in, in Hollywood, for example, these these actors or actresses, they lose like 40 pounds in two months and gain all this muscle. And, you know, they're like, how'd you do it? Uh, and they're like, oh, I just eat rice and broccoli. But then there's these rumors online. It's like, no, this person's <laughs> taking like performance enhancing drugs. So it's like, yeah. you know, they're not going to come out and say that, obviously. But I think that's kind of similar to how influencers are doing it. It's like, oh buy Shiba. It's like, you know, they could have a billion dollars of Shiba. They're just trying to pump their own bags to sell on these people. Yeah. Wow. Definitely scary with everyone advising on the internet and every social media platform. I mean, everywhere you go, you know, there's advice and, and stuff from, from anyone really. Yeah. I like it. DM saying like, uh, they'll be like, Oh, we'll, we'll promote your projects. Um, just give us like a hundred dollars and we'll post like good things on all our channels. So it's, it's hard to tell who's honest, who's not, who's just paid. Yeah. I, I follow this, this, um, website on Instagram and they post pictures. And in these pictures, there's all these comments like, Oh, follow this person. They just made me 14 K. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, how oh, yeah. those, do, those like, are all scams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a lot of these in my um, in my in my comments on my Instagram too. Um, trying to redirect my my followers, um, but I don't shill 
any coin in particular. I just do it for the for the education. Like everyone should know about these projects. Um, and please don't call me an influencer. I don't want to influence you to buy anything, do anything. Um, it's just a uh, just it's just information sharing. Um, but I've overheard this um, um, project that someone was working on at the Bitcoin conference. Uh, they're trying to aggregate like market sentiment on um, just like different Twitter personalities, what they're what they say they're buying, and kind of match that against um, um, maybe a period of maybe like three months, six months, um, how accurate that is, and then maybe develop some sort of trading bot um or 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 kind of sell that data but but the challenging part is kind of i guess quantify like which influencer uh uh or twitter personality um is is more accurate or should should be given more weight um but really it's just i think i think individually uh you just gotta be um I mean, we, we, we all have our own different risk appetites. Um, so um, uh, you just have to be able to be able to discern um, what are factual and, and, and what's believable. Yeah. It's our it's our job to kind of educate our our uh, the public and our clients um, what the basics are. Um, I think uh, just to be in line with our topic here. Um, why should investors care about these technical upgrades like London hard work? Like, should they should they even follow this when they're deciding um, to buy uh, a token or or not? I, I think the so of course there's short term price action on the on these new upgrades. I think typically like the price runs up. And then up, and then right when the upgrade happens, like the price will go down just because people buy the rumors, tell the news. It's funny that's kind of also what happened with the Bitcoin conference. I think people are excited. They're like, "Oh, all these people are going to know about Bitcoin now," and the price <laughs> went down like five percent on day one of the conference. <laughs> so, and you know, who knows what'll happen with the the upcoming Ethereum upgrade, the merge? I think it's definitely going to be. Um, long-term beneficial because ethereum is going to move from the proof of work to proof of stake one of the large cons of the crypto industry is the energy consumption um so you know it, when ethereum moves from proof of work to proof of stake i, I think it's literally 99.99 percent energy reduction because it's just going to be people running these very low watt nodes instead of thousands of graphics cards in warehouses that take up like an entire hydroelectric dam of power or like a whole natural gas power plant. Um, and then of course um, it promises speed improvements and higher throughput of transactions. So of course that's beneficial for the industry because um, I know we mentioned NFTs earlier, you know, NFTs, if you want to buy or sell NFTs right now, I think average you're paying like $40 just for buying or selling, like just in gas fees. So that's just like wasted money. And all, you know, a lot of people don't have you know, whatever it is now, $400,000 for a board eight. Like they want these $20 NFTs. Well, it doesn't make sense to buy a $20 NFT when you have to pay $40 in gas fee. So yeah, you know, if gas can be like a penny or less, or maybe in 10 cents, I, I don't know what it'll do, but, 
that's going to be definitely beneficial for the industry. Yeah, um, I was just poking around your Twitter. You got it. You got a board ape recently. Yeah, I, I actually got one yesterday, and I got one in November. I think November. You got two. Do yeah. You plan on, do you plan on lending them? I'm not not for me, but like for for money, like on a protocol. Um, I I might. I I don't trust any right now. Yeah, yeah, that is sketch. But I, I, I did read um, someone like borrowed five just before the eight coin drop and then, and then gave it back, right back after. I did see that. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was smart. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because that, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think um, it'd be cool to like put it up as collateral and take a loan against it. But I don't know. That's, that's hard because you'd have to trust the protocol a lot because you'd have to send the ape somewhere. Um, okay, okay. Have you heard of Vera? It's um, I, I guess I'm a little biased because like I've, I met this guy and they throw like the craziest parties several times now in New York and LA, and in Miami. Um, they're an NFT uh, uh, renting collateralizing protocol, and and um, you, you could fractionalize that ape and have like multiple people borrow against and like rent it. I think. Um, oh, interesting. Pretty pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. of that exact one. I'm definitely yep. gonna look into it, but um, I've of course heard of projects like doing that or planning to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I think there was one. It was called like Ape Dow. They okay, might have okay. had a hundred board apes at one time, um, but it ended up not many people used it, so they like liquidated it. They had a big auction. Okay. They okay. Bought the apes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely a way to do it right. Just no one's figured it out yet. Yeah, it is a little crazy though with the uh, the 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 ape holders. I I met uh, last year at NFT NYC. They threw they threw a couple yacht par- actual yacht parties, um, and um, I, I met some of them outside of the party for dinner. And like three of them would hold like seventy plus. Yeah. Apes. So it was like fourteen million dollars. And we're just eating hot pot. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're looking at like cheap stuff on the menu. They're crazy. Yeah, and then but like one guy is also wearing like Uniswap socks, which peaked oh, at God. Like, what like four hundred k. But I'm like, okay, that's that got a excessive because I I couldn't tell if they're those are real or not, and and they're worth what like a quarter mil at the time. I don't know. Pretty pretty insane stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're worth a lot. Yeah, th- this year's NFT or um, Ape Fest is going to be like crazy because I mean, apes have gone, I don't know, three or four X since last year's. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also just met another, um, uh, I think he does community at OpenSea. And, and yeah, he bought a bunch of apes um, at like 0.2. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, with all the scams and hacking there is going on, how can we trust the system? For example, for me, every time I come across news about another hacking of millions of dollars, which is you know often, and people losing their money, it makes me more skeptical. Or, you know, employees at crypto companies are keeping low profiles not have their image spoofed for these scams. So what would you say to someone like me? 
I think I would say just stick to the large projects. If, you know, someone walking around tells you something or if you see a, some random billboard that tells you to buy this token, that's usually a red flag. But if you look at, you know, something like Ethereum or Bitcoin, these super large ones, you know, even stuff built on Ethereum like Maker or Curve or Compound, like those, those have been around for years with you know no major security incidents so you know I, I guess those are kind of regarded as safe usually the the exploits are kind of stuff that's newer like hyped um luckily a lot of them do get paid back but you know, there's also some like exchanges that get hacked that um haven't paid back users so i guess you know my thing that i follow is like i don't keep money on exchanges and i usually don't have bridged assets so that's um i know like a month ago wormhole had that exploit where wrapped assets on solana were stolen um they got paid back so it's like all good but you know i just keep like bitcoin on bitcoin chain and ethereum on eth chain yeah but it, is it common that they give the money back when when they get hacked like for you that you got your money back um I, i've actually been lucky i've haven't been a part of anything that's got hacked but um like wormhole did uh pay everyone back well ftx paid everyone back but ftx like kind of owns solana and if they would have just like let it go then ethereum and some other tokens would have lost peg in their markets and it would have been chaos like solana might have had to restart whole thing yeah um so yeah that's why they kind of just ate the cost yeah oh wow so so you said that you don't um use like like leave the money in your exchanges right yeah correct so but people do and you know i don't know if you watch the the netflix on documentary trust no one about quadriga cx i don't know if you're familiar with it is that that's the canadian exchange Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that it was completely fake. You know, like you put your money in and you can't get it out. Uh, you know, like what if I put it in somewhere and then they just don't give your money back? You know, people lost lots of money or, or everything. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it's hard because I'm sure they had um, like some kind of marketing campaigns where like they incentivize people to use the exchange, like put money in the exchange um because a lot of things do so you know people put money on there and they do a bunch of trades and they get you know twenty dollars of bitcoin or whatever and then they don't realize that they can't take it out uh i i think it's i think it's a big education thing in crypto still it's, it's hard to know what to trust and what not to i would say like as far as exchanges i would only i only use very large ones things like coinbase crypto.com ftx stuff that's been around a while that's like very regulated um i feel like those are safer than these kind of smaller but it's just like i don't know like you know they're big because people trusted them and then they started to get big so what about like the small companies you know how are how are they going to get to that point if people don't trust them like it's just this this circle of of going back to to trusting right yeah yeah that's very true 
I think it's probably kind of like the same in the, you know, even traditional markets. Like you go to the store and you see Pepsi for $2 and then right next to it, you see like Dr. Cola for $1.75. Like people don't trust Dr. Cola because they don't know what it is. So they just get the Pepsi, even though it's more expensive. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's hard to like market penetration. Yeah. What's your standard process for assessing new coins and how your research affects your investment strategies? Okay, how would you evaluate a cryptocurrency and its potential? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing is looking at the team. You know, if the team's done big things before, um, they, they have a reputation in the line. So they're, they're probably in their best interest to, you know, make something big again. And then also um, just the... I don't want to call them influencers, but like if people that you trust look into it and they're like, oh, this is a cool idea. This is good. And if there's audits, I, I would, uh, I would say that's cool. It also depends if they're just, if it's a just simple copycat, like those usually aren't the best. Um, it's, it's very hard to value things. Uh, you know, if it was easy, uh, Some people out of so much money because they could just be like, oh, it's undervalued. I'll buy it. And then it goes up and then they sell it. So, yeah, it kind of comes back to like the do your own research. Right. So in crypto, the average investor may notice certain trends appearing and, dis and disappearing and make decisions based on short term price action. In a given week, a topic will be popular like DAOs and draw lots of attention, resulting in high price action. But once the hype dies down, the coin loses the value, like you were talking about it. So these projects are legit, backed by founders with long-term vision. However, their returns are terrible from an investment perspective. For example, if we look at every single DeFi 1.0 project that launched in 2020, all had great fundamentals, still operational and being used, but are down 80% compared to Ethereum. So what is your approach on, on these investments? Yeah, that's that's also a funny thing. Um, there's a lot of, I guess they're called like moon boys, people that think that these prices are going to go crazy. But one thing I look at is the total market cap of the token. So um, that total market cap is essentially like how much the project would be worth. It's basically all the tokens times the price of the token. So it's like, how valuable is this project or this company, whatever it is. And uh, a good example actually is Tesla. So Tesla sells something like 2% of the cars of than Toyota. It's like Toyota, Toyota sells 50 times more cars than Tesla. But Tesla's worth more than every automaker combined. And it's like, this doesn't make sense because the revenue is way smaller. But it's just people betting on the facts that it's going to be huge long term. And I think these um, these projects that were made in 2020, I mean, the fully diluted valuation of some of them is like over a trillion dollars because they have so many coins to still mint. So it's like, is this project actually worth a trillion dollars? Like worth Apple? Like look how big Apple is. Um, I mean, my answer would be no, but you know, some people like actually really thought that like back when things were mooning, but then the price equalized. So I, I, I think a big thing is market cap. A lot of people look at price, which they shouldn't really look at. 
price as in like you look at Shiba and it's point zero 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 one dollars. Like, oh, you know, if it gets to Dogecoin price, I'll have a billion dollars. But they don't realize there's you know a million times more Shiba than Dogecoin. So that's why it's uh you know like six decimals over or whatever it is. Right. Market cap's an important thing to look at rather than just if a coin is one cent or if it's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, take a look like at the whole picture, not just at the price. Yeah, exactly. And also look at if there's still tokens to emit. Like, you know, Bitcoin, for example, there's mm -hmm. I think nineteen million tokens outstanding right now. But there's only ever gonna be twenty one million. Um, so it's like you know, there's not much inflation left. But some tokens, there's, you know, a million tokens in circulation, but eventually there's going to be a billion tokens in 10 years. So the inflation for that coins can be so high that like, you know, usually with inflation, the price naturally goes down. Going to another question, prominent crypto Twitter accounts like 3AC or Gigantic Rebirth or I Am Nomad, and others I'm sure you're aware of, publicly tweet their trades, including their entry and exit positions. However, the users who try to copy trade tend to get burned when they sell to stop losses in the short term. So these funds or accounts tend to outperform if you hold long term. Would you have any comments on how to absorb, interpret, and act on the investment advice from professionals? Uh, I think an important thing there is usually the things that they invest in or i mean they're usually the very large tokens uh so usually that means i'm sure they have a team of people that like audit them and really look into it and know the team so it can be you know like as safe as as safe as possible safer than just some random tokens uh, in terms of copy trading you know usually when they buy something the token price will go up because they bought it and everyone wants to get in which really just helps them because they buy it before. I mean, I mean, they buy it and then they announce it and the price goes up more. Um, so it's not really good for the people getting in later. And that's also the same thing with selling. When they announce they sell something, it's already been sold. But then other people want to get out, so then they sell. But they sell at a lower price than like 3AC yeah. got out. So, um, you know, that's why like uh, from a percentage-wise – Usually the, um, like the normal people will have less return than the 3AC or whoever does. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's kind of like people copy trade uh, Warren Buffett to the Berkshire Hathaway fund. Mm -hmm. They can just buy like Apple and Coca-Cola, whatever else is in there. Um, and get similar returns, but, you know, you can also look into the projects yourself and uh, like really be like, oh, is this something that I think could be useful in the future? If the answer is yes, then like maybe just buy it and hold it long-term, even if they sell it. So, you know, copy trading is an option, but uh, it's also nice to look at like what these large companies are trading. Yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, even without the uh, manipulation, it's, it's a lot of It's a lot slightly different from just copying like traditional trades from uh, like hedge funds. Um, uh, there's, there's way higher volatility in crypto, and some of the coins that they may be showing or or have like Tyler was saying earlier, uh, 
way smaller market caps. Um, like even across exchanges, there are arbitrage opportunities. And so by the time they post these trades um, and you're copy trading, there's large slippage. Um, so I know this because I also helped run a crypto funnel fund that, that did this thing. We coined something called mirror trading. So instead of um, uh, copy trading someone else's trade after they've already made that trade, you are entering, uh, you're executing the, the trade at the same time. But this becomes less efficient because um, you're, you're, you're taking up, uh, you're eating more uh, uh, orders on the on order book uh, if, if you have larger uh, amount of capital to work with. So sometimes uh, if this is some sort of quant strategy that the trader is, is using, it actually works against them. Um, so I, I think some of these market sentiment, like just it's, it's, yeah, you would, you should just treat them as like market sentiment and, and, um, uh, they're not good for high frequency trading. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So several scams appearing with verified Twitter accounts, for example, Doritos Brazil tweeting phishing links for popular NFT accounts like Board Ape, where users click the link and are hacked of their assets. What recommendations would you have to avoid such a thing? Uh, I follow the rule where I like never click on links um, unless I know 100% sure it's legit. Like even if, you know, let's say Board Ape Yacob tweeted something and it had a link. Uh, I'm always skeptical to be like, okay, what if their Twitter account got hacked? This is a fake link. So I usually wait, um, you know, maybe like a couple hours till, you know, other people look at it, look into it and do it. And they're like, oh, it's safe. So then I'll do it because with, um, with crypto, usually with these scams, it's, there's a call to action where it's like, oh, first five people get a hundred dollars or like, uh, you know, the price is so low, like get in now before it goes up. Like you got to buy now though. Get in now. Yeah. It's just... There's usually never a, a rush on things that are like actually legit. You know, they'll give you, you know, let's say there's an NFT drop. Like they're going to announce it way in advance. You're going to know exactly the day, exactly the website. You know, it's not going to be like, Oh, mint now go on the sketchy website and connect your wallet and sign this and just like do it and you'll get it for free. You know, like those are almost always scams. I, I would say always scams. I, you know, even if there's a slight chance that it's real, like I wouldn't even touch it because it's just too much risk. Or what you could do is, um, a lot of people do this. You know, it's very easy to have multiple wallets in your MetaMask. So people have, um, you know, one account where, like, they'll hold their valuable money, their valuable tokens or NFTs, and then they'll have more of a hot account with not a large amount of money on it, and then they'll use that to like mint things or like buy these sketchy things if they want to do that. So don't use your main wallet to, um, to do something. If you even remotely think it's a scam. Yeah. I was going to say the first five people to listen to this podcast and reach out to me on Twitter, I'll send you $10, <laughs> but we're not a scam. There's no link or anything. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, multiple meta mass wallets, that's, that's a good tip. So these stolen like NFTs are flagged on OpenSea as suspicion activity, and sometimes they get removed from marketplaces altogether. 
So do you agree with this approach as, as others say it goes against the decentralized philosophy of crypto? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good for maybe people to know it's stolen. I, I always try to think of crypto back to um, you know, more of like a traditional market. Like, let's say there's a Picasso in a museum and it was stolen. Like, and then someone puts it on eBay the next day. Um, it's probably good to know, like, that that's a stolen thing that you're going to be buying and someone wants it back. Uh, but also crypto, like, you know, once it's on the blockchain, like, it's finalized. Like your keys, your crypto, if you give up your keys, it's essentially like handing someone your wallet. So when these people get, like, their board apes hacked, I mean, it's not like they meant to do this, but essentially what they did is, like, gave someone, like, their real-life wallet with all of their money in it. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's a good idea. I think, like, blocking trading doesn't make sense, but um, maybe it's something good to know that it was stolen in the past. I know, I know uh, so OpenSea does the suspicious activity link and doesn't allow trading, but then there's another project called LooksRare that has the opposite approach where it's, like, you know, if someone has the asset, they can sell it. If it was stolen or not, you know, people can sell or buy it. So that's more the crypto ethos. But um, I could see both ways. Would you like to say anything else to our listeners now that we're coming to an end? Yeah, I would just encourage people to, like, please come check out amoon.com, um, check out our products, and give feedback. Like, I don't even want to say, you know, to buy our products. Like, Right now, we're just very much in the learning phase. And even if you think it sucks and it's a terrible idea, like DM me on Twitter at ETH Tyler and, and tell me what you think or go on our Telegram and say like, oh, this is cool, but this is terrible. Like we are very happy to get any feedback. That's awesome, Tyler. Thank you so much for joining us in our podcast. And it was a pleasure having you here with us. And thank you for, your, for sharing your, your insight. To all of our listeners, check out Alpaca for more information about stock and crypto trading and always remember to do research before investing. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Tyler. Hey, Tyler, for doing this. The content and comments of this podcast should not be taken as Alpaca providing investment, legal, and or tax advice. Every situation is different and you are encouraged to seek independent legal and investment and or tax advice. Cryptocurrency is highly speculative in nature, involves a high degree of risks such as volatile market price swings, market manipulation, flash crashes, and cybersecurity risks. Cryptocurrency is not regulated or is slightly regulated in most countries. Cryptocurrency trading can lead to large, immediate, and permanent loss of financial value. You should have appropriate knowledge and experience before engaging in cryptocurrency trading.